Hello, and welcome to the Tao Te Ching for Everyday Living. I'm your host, Dan Casas-Murray. This podcast is for the Tao curious, those looking for a random bit of wisdom once in a while, or for those who want to dive into this wonderful teaching. I've been studying the Tao Te Ching for just short of a year now, and have reconnected with a natural feeling of inner peace and contentment. I don't hold a doctorate, nor am I qualified to teach anything about the Tao Te Ching. I'm just an ordinary person who has experienced the wonderful side effects of following the Tao. Since everyone's experience with this wisdom is different, the only thing that I can hope for is that mine helps you to connect with a Tao in your own unique, personal way. Feel free to listen to each episode a day at a time, or anytime you need a quick Tao shot. You can listen while you're on your way to work, or after that, when you're winding down. It's always a good time to observe the Tao. In each episode, we'll do four things. One, we'll read a verse of the Tao Te Ching. Two, I'll break it down into everyday language. Three, I'll share my own thoughts and experience. And four, I'll leave you with a couple of the many ways you can put the Tao into practice for yourself. That's pretty much how I've been practicing the Tao every day. By listening to Lao Tzu, reflecting on his words of wisdom, listening to other comments, and trying to practice them in everyday life. Thanks for joining me today and enjoy this episode of the Tao Te Ching for Everyday Living. Verse 65, Staying on the Path In ancient times, those who were well-versed in the practice of the subtle way of the universe did not lead people to disintegrate their minds through intellectual development for the sake of partial achievement. Instead, they dissolved all contradictory concepts and images in order to maintain the natural state of simplicity. Why are people so hard to manage? Because they have become complicated. The sage who leads others with a conditioned and complicated mind is the source of calamity. The sage who leads others with simplicity is the source of blessing. To know these two principles is to possess a rule and measure, the symbol of the ancient wise one. To keep the rule and measure constantly in your mind is to spontaneously manifest integral virtue. Deep and far-reaching is the subtle truth of integrity. It leads all things to return from worldly divergence to one great and universal life. That's verse 65 of the Tao Te Ching translated by Hua Ching Ni. Next, let's break it down. This verse has two parts to it and will take each part one idea at a time. Part one talks about keeping things simple and part two talks about the rule and measure. I feel like Hua Ching Ni's translation is the best one for our time in 2020. 
when you look at some of the other translations, and specifically I'll mention the Lin Yutang translation, Lin Yutang starts off by saying, this is what Lao Tzu says. The ancients who knew how to follow the Tao aimed not to enlighten the people, but to keep them ignorant. <laughs> so I really like the way Hua Ching Ni starts out. And he says, in ancient times, those who were well-versed in the practice of the subtle way of the universe did not lead people to disintegrate their minds through intellectual development for the sake of partial achievement. That seems a lot more elegant, uh, to put it that way, or at least more relevant for the times in which we live now. Although, I'm pretty sure that in the time of Lao Tzu, he, when people read this, they were probably like, oh man, this guy. Because the whole thing that at least initially comes to my mind is this seeming blasphemy when Lao Tzu is saying, hey, look, the, the ruler's job isn't to make people smart, but to keep them ignorant. That just doesn't feel right, <laughs> especially not now. But I think what his main message is that we can distract ourselves with intellectual pursuits. We can distract ourselves not only with that stuff, but we can distract ourselves with other pursuits, like things that we deem are important, things that we say, oh, well, the, you know, the world looks this way. We need to make it look that way. And there's nothing wrong inherently with wanting to improve things or affect lasting positive change. Nothing wrong with that at all, of course. But when that desire to make a positive change supersedes the actual change happening, that's when we get into trouble. And I think that's really the spirit of this first part of the verse and keeping things simple. And I think maybe you'll agree with me on that. So the second part says, okay, well, if we're keeping things simple, yo, we're human beings and we complicate things all the time. <laughs> we justify stuff all the time. So Hua Qingni talks about this rule and measure. And what is that? He says that to know this rule and measure is to possess a symbol of the ancient wise ones. In other words, to know when we're deviating from placing too much importance on one thing and not enough importance on the actual thing. And so that's what I, th I feel like we're talking about because it's a fine line, right? Like you start off with an attention and then you start doing a thing, you get some meaningful traction and it feels great. And then all of a sudden the importance of maintaining that thing be like just overtakes everything. And so when we get to a place where the, like maintaining the importance of a thing supersedes the importance of the actual thing. Like I said, that that's when we roll, go and get into trouble. And so I feel like that's what he's talking about with the rule and measure. If we can know what center looks like, if we can know how like a benchmark that will continue to help us move to what is actually important, then he says, we're doing good. Then it basically allows us to be deep and far reaching and leading all things to return from worldly divergence to one great and universal life. So that's the, the upshot of it for me. Okay. So those are the two parts that I saw. 
To wrap that up, let's remember that verse 65 talks about those two things. The first thing is keeping things simple. And the second thing is that rule and measure. Now, let's put that back together. I'll read verse 65 again. In ancient times, those who were well-versed in the practice of the subtle way of the universe did not lead people to disintegrate their minds through intellectual development for the sake of partial achievement. Instead, they dissolved all contradictory concepts and images in order to maintain the natural state of simplicity. Why are people so hard to manage? Because they have become complicated. The sage who leads others with a conditioned and complicated mind is the source of calamity. The sage who leads others with simplicity is the source of blessing. To know these two principles is to possess a rule and measure, the symbol of the ancient wise one. To keep the rule and measure constantly in your mind is to spontaneously manifest integral virtue. Deep and far-reaching is the subtle truth of integrity. It leads all things to return from worldly divergence to one great and universal life. Let's take a look at some of the things that this verse made me think about today when considering staying on the path. Normally, we talk about each part one idea at a time. But today, I'd like to do something different. I'd like to talk about this verse from two perspectives. Number one would be simply leading, and number two, considering that I am my ruler. Simply leading. If we recall verse 19, we get a similar message, or at least on the surface. Lao Tzu seems to be encouraging (laughs) anti-intellectualism. And with everything Lao Tzu, there is usually more to it than what's on the surface. In this verse, he opens up by saying that rulers should aim to keep the people ignorant instead of enlightening them. That's in the Lin Yutang translation. Taken at face value, one would be reasonably justified in saying, Preposterous! Blasphemy! Mentally, I sat there open-mouthed and in shock wondering how my 2,500-year-old teacher could be saying such nonsense. And then, worse, I wondered, well, if this is crazy, what about the rest of it all? (laughs) So I doubled my efforts to understand, mostly because I didn't want to have wasted the time I've already put into the Tao Te Ching by silently denouncing Lao Tzu and his crazy ideas solely based on my interpretation of a part of this verse. So what does this keep them ignorant and not enlightened thing mean? Well, similar to verse 19, I think we can start to think about this by saying that we ought not overemphasize the importance of knowledge. You know, knowledge for knowledge's sake. So with that in mind, I can interpret a little differently. The aim of the ruler is not to encourage people to develop only their intellectual achievements. In Hua Qingni's translation, He talks about intellectual development for the sake of partial achievement. And this makes sense, doesn't it? We've seen over and over again that there's a difference between reading the Tao and doing the Tao. 
Reading about the Tao and understanding concepts is the first part. Putting them into practice and integrating the principles into our lives is the other. So I feel like what Lao Tzu is getting at here is that the primary aim of the ruler is to lead with simplicity. The ruler's not trying to bring about any particular outcome. The people can do what they do. The ruler is the servant, the one who takes care of the human organization of society. The ruler is most effective when not trying to put together plans and designs that create this awesome society. That's the people's job, not the ruler's. So ask yourself for a moment. Who are the leaders under whom I thrived as a person? As a professional? As a colleague? Think about those leaders. Yeah, they had dynamic personalities, I'm sure. But their behavior was quite simple, wasn't it? There were usually a set of values they communicated often. And those values were likely simple. And they were likely consistent. They were also likely respectful. For me, the bottom line here is that the ruler's job is neither to keep people ignorant nor enlightened. The ruler's aim is to lead simply, without fanfare, without grandiosity, to lead with integrity, by example, and in service to the people. That's my take anyway. So what about the other parts of the verse? Specifically, what about this rule and measure thing, this ancient standard we're talking about? Well, I kind of see it as two ends of the spectrum. Lao Tzu says that the one who leads a country by knowledge is its curse, and the one who leads with simplicity is the country's blessing. Keeping in mind that we're talking about simple versus complicated leadership instead of trying to keep folks ignorant, we get this idea of a cool tool we can use as leaders. And it is a simple thing we can ask ourselves. When I am leading others, do things seem complicated or do they seem simple? This question is that rule and measure we're talking about, in my opinion. I've experienced both, at the hand of others and when it was my turn to lead. I have made things complicated and I have allowed simplicity. Of course, it was during those simple times when things ran smoothly. So if we could stay aware of this centering question, I think we're pulling out the lesson of this verse and applying it. I can do my best to remember to keep things simple, not necessarily anti-intellectual, of course, but simple and easy for me and others. So in the rest of the second part of the verse, Lao Tzu tells us what happens when we employ this wisdom and lead with simplicity. Frankly, he says that we will have far-reaching impact and we will have brought any divergence from the Tao back into its embrace. So wait, by leading with simplicity, I'm doing the right thing, sure, but I am also affecting many others by reminding them of the real truth, that we're all connected expressions of the Tao. That seems pretty impactful to me. It reminds me of a gardener who... Every day, and without complaint, waters and weeds the plants. The plants know how to grow themselves. They just do it. The gardener's job, when done consistently and without complications, allows the garden to thrive and reach its full potential, which, in turn, 
provides sustenance and enjoyment for others. So not only do we get to help people remember their divine truths, we also have an impact on the people that those people have an impact on. (laughs) And remember verse 54? Yeah, it reverberates through generations. (laughs) I'm glad I took a little effort in the beginning to contemplate this verse. So if we're good with this interpretation on a societal level, let's now turn our attention inward and see how we can apply it to ourselves. I am my ruler. Have you ever obsessed on something? Like maybe it's a thing that's really interesting. A thing you just can't stop thinking about. Like a new hobby or a new relationship. Or how so-and-so wronged you at work the other day. Or how that little hangnail just needs to be pulled. Or how to get more money. Or more intimacy. I've had trouble not thinking about these things when I'm bought in. I mean, once it's gotten my interest, it's hard for me sometimes to stop thinking about stuff. One of the most damaging obsessions I used to have was the idea that I needed to develop my brain into a fine thinking machine. My whole identity was wrapped up in overcompensating for my lack of self-esteem by seeming intelligent. I was successful in fooling myself for a long time. But eventually, I failed, since holding on to that self-crafted identity became too much for me to maintain. Through a series of events, exercises, and practices, I mostly let it go. Of course, I'm still human, so that pride thing pops up once in a while, and when it does, I do my best to recognize it, accept it, and move on to try and do something different. Lao Tzu says, The aim of leadership is not to disintegrate the people's minds with intellectual pursuits only. While I was busy trying to create a sharp brain, I neglected to notice that other aspects of myself suffered. I had no connection to others. I became withdrawn into self. It seemed that the smarter I got, the dumber others became. And when that separation occurred, I felt more and more alone. As a result, I used my powerful brain to start taking charge and fixing my emotional feelings of separation with schemes and plans of how I was going to feel better. Get the wife to say such and such so I could feel better. Do something for a colleague so I can get a compliment and feel better. Eat this food or take this drug or drink this drink so I could change my mood at the time and feel better. I allowed that one obsession that I needed to have an identity to rule me. And as a result, nothing was really peaceful. I thought it might have been, but it wasn't. On the outside, it may have looked good. That I was in control, that I had my stuff together. I was lucky in business and other dealings. But the people close to me knew. (laughs) Anyone that had spent any amount of time with me knew that I was just not lifing very well. Where I put my attention, what I concentrate on, where I stay present, that is the ruler of the country of Dan. At least that's what I've come to realize so far along my journey. I can pay attention to a false identity that I create, and there are consequences. I can pay attention to other things like compassion, humility, 
and love. And there are consequences. So just like the ruler in this verse, if I pay attention to crafting any one part of me in disproportionate measure to the rest of me, my whole life and those around me suffer. And of course, those around me suffer less than I do. I am the biggest recipient of my mistakes. For me, the good news in all of this is the realization that as my own ruler, I need not be distracted by pursuits that, while they may seem like good ideas at the time, really aren't because they limit the holistic experience that is available to me as a human being. Does that mean my aim is to keep me ignorant? No, I think that's missing the point. Just like with everything, there is a middle ground. Of course, I need to take care of myself and others. And my brain is a tool that helps me do that. So, if it's a tool, then yes, I should use it. I should develop it. But it's a tool. It's not my identity. And that's the same for any other attribute I care to entertain. My looks, my skills, my prowess, whatever. I must remember to keep with what's important. Harmony with the Tao. And use those attributes as tools and nothing more. But you know, <laughs> sometimes life gets tricky, right? Like sitting here talking with you, I can say, oh yes, I'm complicating things by placing too much emphasis on thinking. And I shouldn't do that. I should be focusing on the principles of the Tao. Easy squeezy, right? <laughs> but what about when the stakes are higher? I'm about to get a promotion, or I'm about to score a thing, or if so-and-so puts in a good word for me, then life will be awesome because I'll get what I need. In those moments, when the stakes are higher, it becomes a little more difficult for me to, quote, stick with the principles of the Tao. I muddy the waters with rationalizations. If I get this, then it'll be easier to practice compassion because I'll have what I need. If this happens, I won't have to worry about my financial future and I'll be able to give to others. Somewhere in there, I am complicating things with my selfish desires, aren't I? I'm using half-truths to justify indulging in those desires. But, if I have that rule and measure Lao Tzu talks about, I can discern when I am justifying things and when my motives are mixed. That rule and measure is my practiced ability to recognize when I am trying to take care of Dan at the expense of others or when I am trying to just do the next right thing. So by being my own ruler, I can bring myself peace or calamity. I bring myself calamity by overemphasizing the importance of insert thing here. And I bring myself peace by placing attention on the simple principles of the Tao. For those times when I muddy the waters with rationalization, either from old programming habits or because I fall into unawareness, I can refer back to my rule and measure once I remember where I'm at, and if I've practiced it, of course. And in so doing, I am then able to move back into harmony with the Tao and the others around me. So. To wrap up my experience with this verse today and considering staying on the path, I thought about two perspectives. One perspective was simply leading. And the second perspective was that I am my ruler.
For the final piece of this episode, let's consider how we can apply the principle of staying on the path in this verse today. There are two things I'd like us to consider. Number one, I'd like us to remember our leaders. And number two, I'd like us to consider beginning a practice of untying our knots. Before we get into some introspective work, I'd like us to consider our past leaders for a moment. Run over your life's memories and see if you can remember people that had positive influences on you. This can either be at home, like your parents, career stuff, or just mentors. You may have many folks that come to mind. You may have only a few. Let's consider these people. The way they taught us. Did we learn from them because they were simple and direct? Did those good ones help us stay on the right track by making us do complicated things? Or did they always have something simple yet relevant to say? I feel like we can observe this versus principle in acknowledging the leaders in our past under whom we thrived. Looking back on my experiences, I find that I developed the most from the leaders that helped me with firm simplicity. So if that's the case for external influences on my life, now I'd like to turn my thoughts inward and assume the role of the leader. How may I serve my original nature now? How may I lead myself with simplicity? One of the ways I feel I can do this is by recognizing what I'm making complicated. I usually know I'm doing this because I won't be feeling flowy or calm contentment. I'll be in meditation and my thoughts aren't as calm as I'd like. Or I'll find myself getting irritated at little things. In the beginning of my practice, everything was complicated and I didn't have any hope of trying to get all those little knots untangled in one sitting. But I did what I could and... Little by little, I started coming undone. Now, I still have many knots, but they're easier to identify now. Anyway, I'd like to share with you a technique I use to help keep things simple with that rule and measure we talked about a little bit ago. Of course, this is for little things, not designed to address major emotional or physical trauma. You should seek professional assistance if you are experiencing those things. As my leader, I can get comfortable and try my best to get quiet. I want to see if I can do that. So, I'll just sit there for a few moments. And I'll watch my thoughts as they drift by. Not trying to stop them or do anything with them, just looking at them. I'll ask my brain, what are you thinking about? Ah, there's that project. There's maybe a thought of, I should be spending more time with so-and-so. There's a pleasant thought about cherry tomatoes that I'm going to eat later. There's a little blip on my fear screen, wondering if I said something off to a co-worker the other day. I'm now picturing my wife eating cereal in the morning and how cute it is. <laughs> 
Okay, so after observing my thoughts, I'll try to allow my thoughts to settle. Do they stop? Do they keep going? Is there one thought out of all those things that keeps popping up? Ah, yes, there is. I keep thinking about that thing I said to a coworker. It was in a passing conversation. It was really just a little moment. She seemed to be tired, and I tried to emphasize and relate, but based on what I said, I think she thought that I had a bad attitude about something we were getting ready to work on together. I hold this in my mind for a moment and realize there are many thoughts I'm having around all of this. Should I say something? Should I do anything or just let it go? What's really going on? Confused, I ask the Tao. Please help me be willing to see where my selfish ego is muddying the waters. Thank you. And I wait. I focus my attention on something else. Either in this session or at another time, I remember this thing I said. I remember to ask, what is causing me this little bit of fear? With some clarity, I realized that I may have misread her nonverbal language. I am afraid I came across as negative when I was only trying to help. Or I have spent time and effort creating a relationship of trust with this person, and I feel like I kind of lied to her by trying too hard to empathize. Ah, there it is. I feel like I lied. It was a mistake in reading nonverbal communication, yes, but I wasn't feeling negative. I was actually feeling really energized about what we were trying to do. So where was I complicating things? In trying to relate and empathize, I placed my own genuine optimism aside because I selfishly wanted to portray an image based on the relationship. Guys, I didn't wrong her so much as I wronged myself. I intentionally brought my energy down because I didn't think it was appropriate to express myself optimistically. Now at this point, I know I've gotten to the root of the matter because it feels like I can relax again. I'm sitting here feeling calmer. I'm feeling this quiet peace now. My thoughts are going by a little slower. I'm not forcing myself to notice my body or breathe. I thank the Tao in gratitude for showing me this. So it's a simple process, untying knots, but it does require some effort and concentration. In general, these are the steps that I take. Number one, I'll notice I don't feel in flow. Number two, I'll ask the Tao to show me what's going on. Three, I'll thank the Tao and move on to something else. Four, when I remember again, I'll get quiet and either contemplate or write out my thoughts to see what's really bothering me. Five, I'll gently probe aspects of what's causing that, looking for areas where I'm acting selfishly, 
Six, I acknowledge what I am doing or did to be untrue to my original nature. And seven, I'll thank the Tao for showing me this. Then I become willing to do something different the next time. Thank you for listening. I find that this process is one of the tools that helps me move toward center. And I'm happy if it works for you. If it doesn't, not to worry. There are many tools. And if you approach the Tao in earnest, I am confident you will find one that fits you perfectly. So let's go ahead and wrap it up. Consider applying the principle of staying on the path. There are two things I can think about. Number one, I can remember my leaders. And number two, I can consider beginning a practice of untying knots. To close out this episode, I'll leave you with a final reading of verse 65 of the Tao Te Ching, translated by Hua Ching Ni. In ancient times, those who were well-versed in the practice of the subtle way of the universe did not lead people to disintegrate their minds through intellectual development for the sake of partial achievement. Instead, they dissolved all contradictory concepts and images in order to maintain the natural state of simplicity. Why are people so hard to manage? Because they have become complicated. The sage who leads others with a conditioned and complicated mind is the source of calamity. The sage who leads others with simplicity is the source of blessing. To know these two principles is to possess a rule in measure, the symbol of the ancient wise ones. To keep the rule in measure constantly in your mind is to spontaneously manifest integral virtue. Deep and far-reaching is the subtle truth of integrity. It leads all things to return from worldly divergence to one great and universal life. Thanks for listening to an episode of the Tao Te Ching for Everyday Living with your host, Dan Casas-Murray. This podcast is for the Tao curious, those looking for a random bit of wisdom once in a while, or for those who want to dive into this wonderful teaching. In each episode, we do four things. One, we read a verse of the Tao Te Ching. Two, we break it down into everyday language. Three, we discuss my own thoughts and experience with the Tao. And four, we look at a couple of the many ways you can put the Tao into practice for yourself. That's pretty much how I've been practicing the Tao every day. By listening to Lao Tzu, reflecting on his words of wisdom, listening to other comments, and trying to practice them in everyday life. I'm pretty sure that as I learn about and experience more of the Tao, all my thoughts and lessons will change. I wish the same for you as you grow along your journey. If you found something meaningful in this podcast and would like to discuss it with others, I'd like to encourage you to subscribe to the subreddit Taoism. That's reddit.com slash r slash Taoism. Also, I'd invite you to share this podcast with friends if you think it would benefit them. As always, I wish you love, compassion, and peace. Thanks for listening.